I mean, I don't exactly know what was going on, but apparently the police are going to look into it anyway. Um, yes. Um, oh, God. Hello. Sorry, you weren't meant to hear that. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Timeless Podcast. It is a episode 110. I'm joined with John Cook. And we're here to talk about SummerSlam and also maybe a few things that were holding over from Monday Night Raw this weekend. The new Triple H era, which people are calling it. Is it off to a good start? Well, we'll talk about that. But first of all, John, how are you doing, mate? I'm tired. Yes. Yeah, I'm I'm tired. Um, I sat up until like silly o'clock on Saturday night, drifted off at a couple of points, so caught up on stuff again on Sunday. Um, I sat up until like two o'clock last night watching Roar, and then I was awake at half past five this morning because the temperature over here is still very up and down, and yeah. Yes, uh, it's a weird word, and I know obviously there's going to be a few people listening as they get in innuendo, but nights are very sticky at the minute, I find. It's quite it's quite sticky in the evenings. Um, which it's is... very close, yes, it's, it's very close, as, as as your grandparents would say. Yes. Well, not just um, your, your, your grandparents, grandparents in general would use that phrase. I have absolutely no idea. Um, it, it's, it's muggy. It's a very, yeah, it's very muggy in the evenings. But, but John... Uh, obviously, for those watching on the YouTube side of things, you can see uh, John unfortunately getting attacked by, but I believe the hurricane is in the belt. It is what indeed. Happens? Yes, yes. I, well, I, I asked him to do this when we posed for the photo. Um, unfortunately, obviously, he's American and I'm a Cockney. Um, so you, you get like 30 seconds when you're getting a convention photo. So he's like, hey, man, how are you doing? I'm like, yeah, great. See you. So can you nail me with the belt? He's like, what? Can you nail me with the belt? Like what? No, yeah, hit me. Pretend to hit me in the face with the belt. Oh, so there you go. <laughs> Nailing somebody and then hitting somebody with something apparently isn't vernacular wherever he's from. Yes, uh, Christ. Yeah, convention photo is always always a bizarre that was the one. Day that I met Mark Henry and Billy Gunn. And it was a good day for you. You've had a few really good LFCC suits. You've got like a. Was that that wasn't that was the year before the big Doctor Who? Uh that was the same year as the big Doctor Who. Yeah, so so that year I met nine doctors, uh Pearl Mackey, um Mark Henry, Billy Gunn, um the Hurricane, um uh Ingrid Oliver was that year as well, I think. Um, that was a good year. And uh Jewel State from Firefly, who's absolutely <laughs> that was that was a good year for you then. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a busy year. I mean, the Sunday was yeah. like I was dead on my feet that Sunday. I mean, my, my for those who follow me on the Tweety Pops, um, my Matt Smith photo from that year is the stuff of legend because he is literally, literally holding me up. Um, because yeah. that was the first photo I had done on the Sunday morning, and I was not a well boy. That's one of my favourite photos, just just of all time. Um, but also, also sure well, you as... properly. when you go to conventions, kids, make sure you eat properly. And you know, yes. if you're going to drink, have a substantial meal with it. If you can, if you can as well, try and I uh, don't advocate this. Try and bring some food with you because the uh, the convention prices for food are pretty steep. I mean, I don't know if that's technically against the rules or not. Actually, I've, I've, I've never. They weren't. They weren't. They I were know. allowing food in last time because yeah. they were checking yeah. bags and they weren't taking it out. Yeah, I, 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 yeah. I mean, I've, it's something I've always done. I've always, I've always not necessarily like a lunch, but I've always tended to like take some sweets and stuff in just to keep my sugar going. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. And like you alluded to last time on the podcast, um, by this recording, you have booked to go see the Abominable Snowman at the BFI. Uh, unfortunately, I will not be attending this time, so uh, it's a shame. Um, was this you on the phone today? And um, I was I was listening to the nice hold music on a little dance as I always do. You were third in the queue, and then uh, my mother comes in and goes, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm booking to go to London for the first weekend in September." She said, "No, you're not. We got a uh, so and so's wedding thing." I said, "Who?" She said, "Oh yeah, we said you're going, so you're going." Well, oh, one of those things that they said I'm going to without asking whether I could go or not. So okay. uh, in, in previous in previous years for BFIs, I've missed. Well, this year I actually missed Father's Day for the BFI. Um, I think at least one previous year, I missed my dad's birthday on a BFI. Yeah. So, he, uh, he still gets a card and a present. He, he, he yeah. still gets to see me on the day. I just 
leave pretty sharpish afterwards. He's happy with that. That's all right. But we do have a lot of wrestling to get through, John. So my first question to you is, SummerSlam 2022, uh, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs middle. Where are we putting this one? I mean, this is just on the video, isn't it? Yeah, yep. Massive thumbs up. I cannot disagree with you on that one. I thought this show was, I'm going to say it, almost, almost brilliant from top to bottom. Um, Pretty stellar start to finish. Yeah, there was one bit where I was a bit like, oh. But um, interesting. I'd I'd be intrigued to hear what that was when we get there. But but, uh, apart from that, I thought the show was engaging. I thought it was fun. I thought every match delivered, even those that I didn't have much hype for. And that was only one match on the card, that being Theory and Lashley. I thought there was some nice... I thought there were some nice segments. But for me, the biggest difference is the presentation. First of all, the commentary. You can tell that they've no longer got Vince McMahon just consistently hounding them. It seems we've got rid of the term WWE Universe, which I'm happy with. It's no WWE fans. And um, first of all, I'd say big up to Michael Cole because he only did half the show, but he was on fire. Um, Particularly in the match with Pat McAfee. They obviously... There was a brilliant line, which is a bit of shade thrown at Vince McMahon, which was when uh, Corey says, You've, I'd preferred it when you couldn't have an opinion. And Michael goes, well, that's changed now. A lot has changed. You could just tell, I don't know who's with the headset in Gorilla, whether it is Triple H, whether it's somebody else. They're not telling them what to say. And also, before we get into my note rule, I will say promos now, nowhere near as scripted. And it's so lovely to see. It's so nice to listen to a wrestler and not go, oh, oh. I think for me, yeah, the change in presentation is very good, but I think the the big thing for me on Saturday night was that genuine feeling of anything can happen. Yeah. Um, you know, and unfortunately under Vince, you did tend to get into that, oh, it's going to be the same old, nothing really exciting is going to happen. You know, nothing really new is going to come of this. And, you know, they blew that out of the water with the first match. Exactly. You know, the it, 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 it's, it's just... From that moment on, it's like, wow, okay, anything can happen here now. Yeah, absolutely. And you can also tell as well, the show did not overstay its welcome. I think it was just over three hours, eight matches. No match felt overly long. You know, no no match, you know, it all felt pretty, pretty succinct. Really. A few matches could have a bit more time. I think it came in around three and a half. It came in around yeah. three and a half, which, you know, for eight match, your second biggest pay-per-view of the year um you know you'll take that yep you know and I, it, was I, pretty, it was pretty slick you know although it was three and a half hours that they weren't killing time at any point they, it, it wasn't dragging its heels anywhere there weren't any kind of pointless background back backstage promos or anything like that it was pretty much pure action and developing storylines all the way through um few too many adverts and few too many oh this is what's happened in this feud for the last month but you're always going to get that on a pay-per-view because they need to prepare obviously for the next match when they finish the last one yeah uh, it's yeah it's also as well it's a shame for us on the network because we get these sort of strange hype packages but those that is because of peacock and the lower tier peacock subscribers because they actually get NPC ads or something something like that so we just in the uk and the rest of the world i assume we just get random hype packages for certain wrestlers which aren't the worst thing in the world to watch yeah. it just just sort of feels a bit random and just yeah, seeing around and kept you know i don't mind them advertising like the legacy stuff and stuff like that you know because you know if there's a there's a wrestler that i want to see a documentary on and it's telling me that's coming up then yeah great yeah. The only, time, the, the only time I laugh is when there's a random like Kevin Owens hype package on a show that he's not on. And I was like, yeah, I love Kevin Owens, but it's a bit, well, I mean, it's a bit weird. Soon, I would have thought. Yeah, exactly. Right, let's get into it though, John. We start off the night with the uh, the match for the Raw Women's Championship, Bianca Belair defending against big time Becky Lynch. Um, in what I'd say is a stellar, stellar match. Um so many good moments here. You have um, the sort of, um, you have obviously the a KOD on the outside. You have the sort of famous on the barricade. Uh, you have uh, uh, the Beth Phoenix's finisher at one point, which actually separated Becky Lynch's shoulder. Bianca delivering that to Becky, separating her shoulder, which we didn't really know at the time. We could see there was an injury, but we didn't know if it was selling or not. 
Um, we also had some really good moments. We had a nice sunset flip into the K into the KOD for Bianca, a one, two, three. And yeah, Bianca uh, wins, but that's not where this ends, obviously. Um, a shine of respect from Becky Lynch as she walks out the ring. They shake hands, and it's not where it ends there, because we hear some music that we've not heard in a while. I, I'm going to be honest, because it's been so long, I forgot who this music was. So when they, <laughs> they were going, oh, my God, I was like, who is this? It's Bailey. Bailey's back. You even texted me to say, I don't recognise your music. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> Um, in my head, I, I in my head, I'm using it still. There ain't no star thing, a snail, but it's not. Um, but um, yeah, Bailey's back, uh, but not she's not on her own, she's back with the returning Dakota Kai, who I also forgot was released because of how many people were released. So I was like, is this an NXT call up? Is this a return? No, it's a return. It's a return, along with Eo Shirai, who is now called Eo Sky, uh, in a name change that doesn't bother me at all because it, it's virtually no different, but hey. Um, and it seems they're a new faction. They storm the ring um, to, to, towards Bianca, and then Becky Lynch returns, and then they, they, the heels run away all scared. But that's not the last we've seen them over the weekend, you can be sure of that. But, John, what an opening segment to SummerSlam, and match as well, just brilliant. I mean, I mean, match of the night. Um, not just in my opinion, it just is match of the night. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's a shame that Bex has picked up the injury and she's going to be out for a few months. Because I could watch these two go day in day out. Like the the, the 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 level of respect between them, the way that they work together, the chemistry between them. You know, obviously they left that kind of gearing up for them to be kind of allies and in a bit of a maybe a tag team situation or backing each other up a little bit, um, which would have been a really interesting direction for that to go in. Unfortunately, you know, we're not going to go there now, so it'll be interesting to see if somebody else gets shoehorned into that kind of Bianca's support or Bianca's teammate role uh, but yeah this was the match of the night it was absolutely outstanding um five out of five some brilliant spots wow. yeah, some br some brilliant spots in there um I mean this is you know I mean this is Two very different styles, obviously. Bianca's got that very powerful style, but they just worked it together. And, you know, what you notice watching it is that they they dialed down on the kind of Becky sneaky heel stuff as well. You know, so they prepared us for the face turn at the end of the match because by sort of... Yeah, she was getting angry. She was losing her temper, but she wasn't kind of cheating. She wasn't kind of... It's, yeah, match of the night. Yeah, okay, I agree with you on, on most of that. I don't think it was match of the night. I think there was one match that was more, uh, which is better for me. Um, but that's how strong this show was. I can't disagree with anything that you're saying. I, I, I'd possibly give it four and a half stars if we had to give it out of five. But really entertaining, like you say, these two have just a, a tremendous style. I'm so happy that these guys have been able to sort of tell a trilogy that started off very, very shit. Let's not let's not lie. Last year's SummerSlam was terrible for Bianca Belair. It was one of the weirdest decisions of the year. And then at WrestleMania, they had the match of the weekend, in my opinion. And then we go here and they almost steal the show again. It's it, it's tremendous. And the fact we got a new faction as well, bringing up Dakota Kai and Io Shirai immediately makes the Raw Women's Division just so much more impactful, as well as the return of Bailey. It just makes the division feel um, potentially, you know, so much better. And with potentially two other people coming back soon as well, who knows what could be happening over on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, I mean, it's good. It's good for the Raw Women's picture. It's good for the SmackDown Women's picture as well, because... Well, well, we'll get on to that. But... Absolutely. Next up, though, we have Logan Paul taking on The Miz with Tommaso Ciampa and Maurice in this corner in the surprising match of the night. Now, for me... I mean, this was cracking. This this was uh, cracking. Yes, absolutely. Um, I, I, Like I said in the predictions, I don't hate Logan Paul anymore. I understand why people do, but I think... You know, eternally, he is working towards being a better person. And I'll be honest, John, I think he's found his calling here. Um, and to be honest, I think he has as well, because he upped his deal from a one-year deal to now a multi-year deal. It's just off the back of this match. Alone. I mean, um, he, didn't, he didn't look like a guy who's wrestled two matches. <laughs> yeah, this did not look like his second match. Um, they've clearly done a lot of work with him. He's clearly worked very, very hard. 
um, you know, some of the moves he was pulling out were, were not what you would, you know, were, were stuff that you wouldn't expect from a rookie sort of two or three months in, let alone somebody that's wrestled one match before. Absolutely. I mean, some of the highlights that you're saying, John, here, we got a blockbuster, we got a moonsault off the apron, we got that beautiful frog splash into the announce table. And obviously it ends with Ms. Chinese, that uh, necklace to uh, attack Logan Paul, Logan Paul pushes him out the way, almost into Maurice. Maurice drops down the apron beforehand, allowing Logan Paul to hit the skull crushing finale. One, two, three. As always, that we did have a bit of a Tommaso Champa AJ Styles thing in the middle of the match. Um which was which was cool, and they did add in a bit of comments. Logan even pulled out a phenomenal forearm. Yeah, they added into the commentary as well in the storyline of the uh, the storyline of the match that AJ in the past week or two had been training Logan Paul after the betrayal, which is a nice little thing because you don't need to show that, but just the commentators again able to need the storyline a little bit and just help out making Logan feel a bit more legitimate. Now getting tutelage from someone the crowd likes and not someone like the Miz just makes Logan that even a bit more likable. Yeah, and somebody who is a veteran and a Stone Cold legend. Absolutely. Uh, so yeah, Logan Paul picks up the W here and I think he's turned the crowd because he came out with them booing and he's certainly left with them cheering. Um, I mean, if you want to if you want to turn a crowd around and get a crowd on your side, you go into a match against the Miz because the Miz is absolutely brilliant at getting a crowd against him. You know, it's, it's either the Miz or Corbin, one of those two, and you know you'll get the crowd on your side because they just love to watch the Miz and Corbin lose. Um, Absolutely. The one, the one other point I'd make about this is that you know I want Maurice to accompany Miz to more matches. We all love Maurice, especially I mean, especially in this recent feud as well, where she's had to sort of be the defensive wife about the size of his testicles. It's been to sort of fun. Came out like swinging. I don't know if you noticed it when they came out to the ring. Yeah. Side. Came out like swinging a pair of balls, and I was half expecting yeah. now Logan with them at one point. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it was really, really good, uh, really good stuff here. And I'm excited to see where Logan Paul t- shows up next. He teased in his video that he'll be performing all over the world, so perhaps it could be a clash at the castle. Uh, but who knows? He's not, you know, it wouldn't be surprising. He, he definitely it's sold out already, but it wouldn't be surprising. Oh, you know, I mean, I mean, you could, you know, you could get like Logan Paul against the British internet star, Logan Paul versus Alex Kingdom. <laughs> with John Cook in my corner. Oh and... no, I'm at the BFI that day. Oh no! Oh, who can I who can I tag in? <laughs> on, on your everyone's, own. Everyone's busy. <laughs> oh shit! Oh, um... Yeah, I mean, you 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 yeah, you you'd get out of your family arrangement to to be able to do that. You'd be like, sorry, I can't go to this wedding thing. I've got to go and face Logan Paul. I'm gonna go to the Pizza Valley Stadium. Uh, so I'll get Pat McAfee in my corner. Um. Uh, so, but next up, though, speaking of people who to get beat up, it's time for the United States Championship match. Bobby Lashley taking on A Town Down Theory um, for the US Championship. Really, guys, a bit of storytelling here again. I just love this show because the match starts off with Theory hitting Bobby Lashley with the briefcase, at least for a good 20 seconds or so, and immediately puts doubt in our minds. But Bobby Lashley makes quick work of Theory. People saying that Theory tack out to the Hurtlock Berries Theory. I think it makes him look smart because clearly he's thinking about later on tonight, tapping out quickly when he knows he can't get out of the move to, to secure himself opportunity. Bobby Lashley retains, like we said in our predictions, John, no doubt about this, this was probably the most easy thing to predict on the night. Yeah, um, I like what they've done with this. I, I, I like the way that over the last couple of months they've legitimised the US title, actually. Um, and, then, you know, we'll come on to that when we talk about Raw as well. It, it's they've, they've given it a legitimacy. And, you know, I mean, even with it, well, even when Theory was champ, it had a sort of, you know, this is important. and. People want to win this. You know, you've got a guy who's a former two, three-time world champion, currently US champ, and he wants the belt. And, you know, that can only be good for that belt. It can only be good for the company. Yeah, I have to agree. And um, like you say, we'll find out more about the US Championship and the presentation of that on Monday at Raw. But, uh, yeah, this is really good. I like Bobby Lashley's US champ. His entrance was sick. Um, and I just thought overall it was really good. Now, I'm going to include this here because I can't remember when it was on the show, but at one point Drew McIntyre came out um, to sort of give a little tease to the crowd about Clash at the Castle and have a bit of a laugh. My favorite part of the promo was when he said, tonight you see Roman Reigns, which is Brock Lesnar for the first time in Nashville. 
in a last man standing match, uh, which was really cool. Um, he also, I, I always love it when nurses do this. He uh, made sure that he made one of the fans night by going up to this kid in the crowd and saying, what's your name? And getting the crowd to chant his name and stuff. Really cool stuff. And Drew McIntyre looked like a hundred bucks. Um, I am so excited for, for Clash at the Castle whenever I get sick to be busy on the day as well, even though I might be at the BFI. Um, I'll, I'll be watching it on the Sunday. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's gonna I, be... I, I mean, I'm excited for it. I just, I just think the outcome's inevitable at the moment, um, which is a shame. I think I, I'm leaning towards a true victory, which is uh, where, where I'm headed uh, on this one. I know, right? Weird. I, I just, I think where we're leaning is uh, the Rock versus. I'll, I'll use it. I think we're leaning towards the Rock versus Roman. I don't think that'll be for a belt. Personally, I don't think it needs one. Interesting. Um, but we'll go on then to our next match, which is uh, in the easiest thing to call on the night in terms of surprises: the Mysterios, Ray and Dominic taking on the Judgment Day for Balor and Damian Priest in a weird. The no disqualification tag team match with tags. Normally, if it, why why are there tags if it's no DQ? Surely it should be tornado. But anyway, it's neither here nor there. It's a fun match. It's four very good capable wrestlers in a wrestling ring with weapons. It's really fun. Uh, one of my favorite moves of the of the match was Rebus Stewart doing a uh like a I don't know what they call it the baseball slide out the ring, but kind yeah. of leaning on a chair. So as he drives out, he lands on Finn Balor. Finn Balor just being a great heel and shouting orders at Rhea Ripley and Damien Priest. You can tell he's definitely asserted himself. Even though he said there is no leader of Judgment Day, you can tell there's a leader of Judgment Day. Um, just really good stuff. But obviously it does end with um, Edge coming to help uh, Ray and Dominic for the win. Uh, spear, spear, spear. One, two, three. Mysterious yeah. to the W. Fun match, but nothing to write home about. Yeah, I mean, they weren't even teasing this beforehand. They... They practically flat out told us with some of the promo pictures that they were sending out on the night um, that Edge was coming back. And yeah, I mean, this, this absolutely no surprise. Um, I mean, it did exactly what everybody expected it to. It did exactly what we wanted it to. Um, I do expect to see Judgment Day strengthened over the coming weeks. Um, I don't know, disagree. You can speculate over how that's going to happen whether it is going to be Dominic or whether somebody else is going to come in but um you know now, now that now that Ray's effectively got Edge as an ally you could see Dominic switch sides yeah I, I agree uh, I think we can even get into that more we talk about Monday Night Raw as well because I think that could be potentially where we're leaning um I mean I, I still think it would be far more interesting if they flip Ray but they'll never do it They'd never do that. That would just be that'd be that would be silly, really, wouldn't it? Because of the kids and it would. I just I don't. I think realistically, this time Ray might be a bit heelish. Is his last match, which I think will be against Dominic, and so that passing of the torch where Dominic becomes the baby face and the fans try to you know pass that torch on sort of thing. But one thing Dominic needs to do. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to say this, but he needs to get a haircut because that mullet just is is is. You can talk. Leave me alone. I I got I got a haircut. It's all right. I mean, I mean, you posted a photograph on Instagram yesterday and it was like looking at nature and I was half expecting a bird to start nesting on top of your head. Thank you. Um, Sorry. Thank you very much. But uh, I just, I don't, I don't, it's the weird, I don't, I don't know what it is, mate. Just, just, just sort out the back of your hair and you'll be all right. Um, in my opinion, anyway. Um, I'm sort of rocked after that. Uh, no, I'm joking. Next up we have Alex Kingdom. Giving out hair advice. I mean, you know, that's nearly up there with me giving out hair advice. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Next up, though, we do have uh, in one of the funniest things of the night, Happy Corbin making his entrance. He's having a normal entrance so far. Then suddenly, over the top, we just hear a massive, a loud chant of bum ass Corbin. And we realize it's not the crowd, it's a third. I've got to go with the least a 20 to 30 person choir just yeah. singing bum ass Corbin. I love Corbin, by the way. I said this in the predictions. I, I just love the man. I think he's so detestable and so brilliant. He's like, how are they doing that? Why is there a choir singing? And then obviously Pat McAfee comes out to the biggest pop and a new theme song, which is, is sort of a bootleg version of Seven Nation Army, but still works. Against, not against it. Every time, because they can't afford it, probably. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it, but it does work because it's the same vibe. It gets the crowd, you know, singing along to McAfee's song. 
Really good stuff here as well, like I mentioned earlier on with the commentary. You've got Corey Graves, so they build up as a friend of Corbyn's. They build up Michael Carl, obviously, being good friends with Pat McAfee. So you've got two commentators here, both on entirely opposite sides, neither of them really being um, part impartial. A lot, you know, it's, it's a really good match. And you just have a lot of it going, come you have a lot of it with Cole going, come on, Pat, come on, Pat. Uh, and you have a lot of Corey goes to that brilliant heel stuff. But the MVP of the match was when Corbin got on the microphone, got on the commentary set, and also pushed Michael Cole as well. Really good heel heat from Corbin, but we also saw some really good stuff. A lot of suplexes from Pat. We saw um the uh this the swan uh the swan bambini or something. I don't know what they called it, it was something like that. Um, with uh, the great life of Michael Cole. Pat says he's one eighth Italian. <laughs> this brilliant stuff from from, Mac- from McAfee and Cole there. Uh, obviously, McAfee wins the match after um, after a reverse of what's been going on. So uh, the referee gets bumped by Corbin going for the uh, going for the end of days, and so Cor- and so McAfee takes the opportunity to hoof Corbin in the balls, and then do a sunset flip for the W one two three. A really fun match again. McAfee bringing out all the stops and Corbin is a very capable wrestler as well so there's probably a really good person to put him with this is a really good match yeah yeah I mean obviously these guys have got history you know and they've built out quite well um, Corbin I mean I cannot sing his praises enough you know over the last five or six years he's had half a dozen different, different gimmicks and he's been equally detestable in every single one of them you know, and, and he, you know he's brilliant to it just absolutely brilliant at being the guy you love to hate. Um, you know, I, I, I cannot sing his praises enough. And this, this was a great match. Yeah, really fun. Uh, the crowd loved McAfee. They just love him. I'm, I'm a big fan. Uh, next match, I want to see Pat in his him versus Roman Reigns for the Undisputed Universal WWE Championship. Um, I'm taking the mic. But um, I love Pat. I think he's great. So charismatic. Uh, you can tell he's having a great time. You can tell he's working for this. You can tell he's putting everything he has into yeah. the effort. And um, yeah, really, really fun match. And McAfee getting the W this time is cool because obviously last time he won the, won the match, but then lost to Vince McMahon, which is a weird sentence to say, uh, especially in re- lighter events. But um, at the time it was fun. Um, but um, yeah, just a, a really good match. And so, so nicely for kind of our, our triple main event coming up now here, the three biggest matches of the night. And we start off with... Um, Usos defending against the Street Profits with Jeff Jarrett as special guest referee. Um, this one was great, really good. The issue is, is that we saw one better at Money in the Bank, so it's still a really good match. But yeah. because they did, they did it better. It's sort of like it's like it's really good. And I mean, it's really good. There were some really good moments here, yeah. but it's just when you have that Money in the Bank match, which you can, it's difficult to beat. I mean, it was so good, but it just kind of feels like if these if these were switched, it would have been so much better. Yeah, I mean. I'm not entirely sure why this had to be a special guest referee because that didn't really play much into the storytelling. Not obviously, at all. Obviously, it's basically because Jeff Jarrett's from Tennessee and so they wanted to get a bit of hometown pop. You know, but it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it, it was a solid match. It was a solid match, but as you say, when when these two had given you a five-star classic four weeks ago, nothing's going to stop, nothing's going to top that. And, um, you know, so I think of the three main events, I think this was well placed as being the first of those three, if you like, because it, it's the one where, yeah, the, the, you kind of know what the outcome is going to be. You kind of know the those are going to come out of it with the belts. They're going to be probably splitting the profits at some point and you're going to have a couple of very good solo careers coming up. Absolutely. I agree with on the Jeff Jarrett thing. I just... It felt weird because not, like normally the good thing with the special guests for rematch is you know something's gonna happen whether they get taken out or they 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 screw over one team or they're leaning towards one team. But Jeff Jarrett literally may as well have not have been there. Yeah, just he, also, he also just didn't seem bothered. Like he didn't have much of a cool entrance. He just kind of went into the ring. Did that. Yeah, he, he had his music and you know he had the crowd going for him. But yeah, he just called it straight down the line. And it's like especially given what happened on SmackDown on Friday night. Did he even bump? You, you, you would have expected him to sort of. Uh, come out and be a little bit partial shall we say but yeah did he even bump at all or not during SummerSlam no he, he did on he did on the, on, the, on the Friday night but not not during SummerSlam which is weird like normally we would have thought they could have been like a, a dramatic man but no uh yeah really good match though solid it's like you're not going to get a bad match in these two it's sort of like a New Day Usos thing you're just not going to get a bad match it was just a bit odd 
that you yeah. know that was the stipulation. It's like, oh yeah, these these two guys hate each other so much that we're going to um, that we're going to get like a special guest referee as an enforcer. It's like, oh right, who's that going to be? It's like going to be a really big guy like Omos or something like that. No, it's going to be like a a sixty year old, um, retired sort of semi retired Hall of Famer who walks around with a guitar. Oh. It's right. better than Ric Flair. Um... But yeah. we won't be talking. We, we won't be talking about that this weekend because that was horrifying to watch. I've um, not seen it. I've not picked up anything on it. I don't even want to watch it. Don't. Um, it's you know, all I'll say is what I said on Twitter the other night, which is how many last matches has Ric Flair had now? Yeah, it's 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 scary. Um, but next up we have for me the only bit of the show that was a misfire, which is Liv Morgan defending her SmackDown Women's Championship against Ronda Rousey. Um, the the result I have no issue with. Where we ended up was fine. The match I thought was awful. This lost time because of Logan Paul and the Miz ever running is what's been said in the news. And unfortunately, this is the match that lost time. But it just felt sloppy, and it, you could tell they were rushing to get to the point where they needed to. Um, and I just feel really bad for Liv because I feel like the ending makes her look weak as hell. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't have such a problem with it. I mean. You know, nobody's going to beat Ronda Rousey clean. I mean, she's lost clean once um, in her time in WWE. Yeah, so, you know, nobody, nobody's going to beat Ronda Rousey clean. Um, I, I, we came out of this with the right result. Hopefully the feud will now go away and we'll see um, some better matchups for the title. Um, we can, we can only hope. I still think Lacey Evans is on the horizon, although with returning superstars, that might be a little bit further down the track. Yeah, I don't know. I just, whew. yeah, this one just felt a bit flat for me. I kind of went, oh, I'm obviously happy that Liv Morgan retained. I thought that Ronda Rousey turned heel afterwards because, like we said in our predictions video, yeah. there's no point of her being a face because nobody likes her. No, she's no, a, no. she's a pretty, she, she, she in a business with some quite detestable human beings, um, she stands out as being quite detestable, which, which, is, which, is, which, is, which is saying quite a lot. Absolutely. Uh, next up, though, we do have uh, the main event of the evening. One last time, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar in our last man standing match. This, for me, match of the night. Was it the wrestling match of the night? No. Was it the most entertaining of the match of the night? Absolutely. And I, I, I was scared. Like we said, we've seen this before. It's not always been great. How is this going to go? As soon as I saw Brock Lesnar drive a tractor to the ring, I was like, okay, okay, here we go. Here we go. And then I was thinking, okay, this is fine. Then Brock Lesnar starts talking for himself over Mike Rome. I'm like, okay, it's fine. And I see Brock Lesnar jump off said tractor onto Roman Reigns. Um, I, we're on fire here. And they're immediately in the in the crowd. I can't obviously can't through the whole match. I run through the, the highlights. I remember there's a lot going on. Lots of F5, lots of space. The commentators really building up the fact that these two are superhuman, are taking in a lot of finishes, lots of damage. They're just getting back up. They will not stop. Um, and then we get towards kind of the middle end point of the match. Uh, we get the Usos coming out attacking Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar gets back up. Heyman gets in his face and goes, you, I gave you everything. Heyman takes a bump through the announce table, which is very rare. We rarely see Heyman take bumps, but Heyman takes a bump. Then Brock gets taken out again. Then we hear A-Town down. Here comes Austin Deary. Austin Deary gets taken out. And then our ending is um, Roman Reigns hitting Lesnar with the briefcase. Brock gets back up. Roman hits him with the spear, Brock gets back up. He hits him with the WWE title, Brock gets back up. And this is what Michael Cole was saying, ref, for God's sake, count faster. Really good stuff again from Michael Cole. And we end with Roman Reigns and the bloodline, dogpiling a bunch of debris on top of Brock Lesnar. And still, your WWE Universal Champion is Roman Reigns. What a match. What a match. Lots of fun. I know. Mean, I, I forgot to mention the fact I mean, that Roman... you've, you've literally missed out missed out the two best bits of the match, which is Roman <laughs> going into the scoop of the tractor, because you know if somebody comes out in a tractor, they're going in the scoop, and then Brock literally destroying <laughs> the fucking ring with a tractor with, Roman in, with Roman in it. How did I forget that? Um, um, so I didn't forget. That. I just forgot to mention it. People complain and people say, oh, why are we seeing this again? And why is it always Rock and Roman getting pushed, etc.? 
this is why you see it again. This is why it's always Brock and Roman getting pushed because they can do something like this. Um, for me, I still think Becky and Bianca edged it because I think technically, obviously, there's, there was more going on there. Um, it was more of a pure wrestling match. Um, but this was still very, very exciting. Um, I, what I would have liked to see, I think, given what had gone on over the last few weeks, is when Theory came out, I would like to have seen him try to catch in and then Drew comes out and nails him. I think that would have been uh, interesting. Yeah, um, that would. Be. But, but you, you, you know, just that, you know that for me, there was just a couple of little missed opportunities where actually they could have given a slightly different flight. You know, we all knew that Theory was going to try and cash in. We all knew that he probably wasn't going to be able to. Yeah, um, I, I, I just really enjoyed this one. I, I don't, I don't know what it was. Spice that up a little bit. I found myself, obviously, it's weird for us in the UK and I assume around Europe and around other places where wrestling shows, they go on really early in the morning. So you start to flag towards the end. But this match just had me on the edge of my seat at 4am. And I mean, I'm like, I, I was watching it and I was going, what on earth? I mean, like you mentioned with the ring imploding, that was one of the coolest things I've seen. I mean, we've seen the ring implode from a suplex. We've never seen a wrestler with a tractor lift it into the air and just see... The poor old referee, where it started to fall backwards. Really cool stuff. You can tell they're having a lot of fun. This does feel like the end of the chapter between the two of them. Yeah. Really cool stuff. I, I say I'll give this gets my five star match for me of the night. And something to say about some missed opportunities, but I think it no, like I said tonight, no match is overly long. I never got bored or watching it. So I'm like, oh, can we give that row? I thought the commentary did a really good job. I thought everyone was on point. I thought the finish was great. For me, this is just, this this was perfect. But it, no disrespect to Bianca and Becky, because if you're if you're not the best match on the show after that match, and that just shows how good the show was for me from top to bottom. Really, just a, a really good SummerSlam capped off with one of the best matches of the year so far. Uh, overall, I would say one of the best SummerSlams in the last five years. I think SummerSlams suffered a lot in the past five years from it just being overly long. Because obviously, we've had the era of pay-per-views being long the thing is wrestlemania got split into two parts summerslam never was so summerslam was just one long five hour and a half slog last five years um whereas this one three and a half hours went at a pace every match felt important there was no kind of matches where you thought oh yeah um you know every match you were like oh this deserves to be on the card um and yeah Worked out really well. I thought it was a fun show. And that leads us on to Monday Night Raw. The first real Raw of the Triple H era, because obviously last week it was mostly written by Vince McMahon before he left. Um, so this is the first Raw where you can really get to see the Triple H influences. And boy, howdy, did we see the Triple H influences. Now, before we get into certain things, uh, for me, the one thing that mattered on this Monday Night Raw, every match had a purpose. Yep. Every single bout that we saw happened for a reason and wasn't just on the show. Immediately, as soon as I saw two triple threat matches, uh, and then the winners of those triple threat matches would go on to fight the United for a one-on-one -on -one fight to determine the Mokotev for US Championship, I thought, yes. Then I saw a tag team title match at the main event. I thought, hmm, okay, this is really good. Um, you know, just some really good stuff. But we do start off with Becky Lynch, who unfortunately does confirm that she's got an injury. She kind of opens the door for Bianca to come up. But before that, she says she lost her way, and she realizes she popped her shoulder out that, you know, She's been a bit of a prat, um, shall we say, and she's lost her way. She's not the big costumes and the loud, you know, makeup and all that. She is the man, you know, she's not defined by any man. She defines the man, which is a cool, a cool line. Uh, it kind of leads away for Bianca to come out. Uh, Bianca does a, a regular, you know, big enough Becky promo. And then we cut to the back and our new group of uh, of women, which haven't got a name yet. I wonder if they do. Bailey, uh, EO Sky and Dakota Kai uh, are attacking uh, Becky uh, backstage, obviously writing her off screen, perhaps a bit longer than it would have necessarily been. So when Becky returns a bit earlier than the months they're saying, it could be like, oh my God, Becky came back a few months, probably at the Rumble. Um, wouldn't complain. Yeah, I mean, that would be the obvious conclusion that, yeah. you know, if she's due back at Christmas time, they'll hold her off for the Rumble. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, really good stuff already there from Bailey, uh, EO and Dakota. Take out one of the biggest names on the roster. Obviously, she was already injured, but uh, in storyline, write her off for longer because of your attack, immediately taking out one of the big hitters on the brand. Really cool. And that's not the last that we've seen of them. But yeah, really good that. stuff. And then, surprisingly, the Usos come out. Um, and they're like, what's up, girls? And I'm thinking, you guys are married, pipe down. Uh, calm down, lads. Uh, it was a very weird segment, to be honest. Um, not fucking drugged up again, are they? <laughs> but they, they were, it was almost like they were checking out. That I was like, well, why, why are we doing this anyway? Uh, they have a nice interview segment where they're like, yeah, we've beaten every tag team. You know, um, we're going to beat the Mysterious tonight. Does that happen? Find out later on. Um, but then next up, let's talk about the two triple threat matches because you didn't go through Raw through order. I think we talked about the two triple threat matches. Our first one was AJ Styles, Mustafa Ali, and The Miz in the match of the night for me. This was a tremendous, tremendous triple threat match. I mean, it was a great match with one of the best finishes that I have seen in a long time in terms of technical ability, athleticism, and innovation. You know, I mean, Moonsault caught into a Styles clash. Fucking hell. Yeah, yeah, like you say, really good stuff. I mean, that's um, going to be on highlight packages for, for, for decades. Absolutely. Uh, just quality stuff from from um, AJ Styles uh, and all that. Our stuff says, well, I don't know if it was in the UK, because, um, but it was ad-free the first hour in the US. So there was a lot of matches that were uninterrupted. Uh, we go to the second triple threat, which I think was like an hour later. Uh, yeah which was Chad Gable, Mr. Shoosh himself, Dolph Ziggler, and that's uh, Champa. Um, in a, in a, a very good match. The issue is, is you just didn't, it, it couldn't live up to that first one. It's, yeah. But it, it I mean, was very I, good. I mean, also after Styles has won the first one, it's it's pretty clear who's going to be winning this one. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, all we know is... the for it at SummerSlam, so. Yeah, all we knew was is that, is that it wasn't going to be... Uh, Tommaso, I thought Chad McGable might be able to sneak a sneak a small victory, but that's just because I'm also a Chad Gable fan, and I would love to have seen it. But I just love that man so much. I love him tremendously. I just think he he is a, he's of a certain quality. But uh, yeah, really good stuff. Um, really good stuff. Um, obviously, Champa picking up the W, going on to face AJ Styles later on the night. But now we'll go to another segment. Uh, Seth Rollins comes out and he's he's getting eyeing up Roman Reigns. Interesting. And then uh, the Street Profits come out and they're saying, "Okay, we can't both take you on, but one of us will." And we're gonna do this only fair way. Well, the game of rock paper scissors. And this is my favorite bit. They're like, "Let's cut the referee out here." Love that. It just it was so good because if I had a go, they're gonna actually get a ref to 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 do rock paper scissors. This is awesome. Um, but really good, really good stuff. Um. Then, then oh, it turns out during the business game, Montez Force rushes the ref down to the ring. It's been Montez versus Seth Rollins in a, in a really good showcase match for Montez Four, but Seth Rollins does pick up that W. Uh, you know, and again, another solid match. Um, this was really fun, really proved uh, some really good stuff for, for Montez, um, and kind of just sowed the seed to that Street Forwards breakup. You know, just I wonder. I really want that Seth Rollins Roman feud. By the way, I hope that does happen. Whilst he's got the belt, so really, because that would be a great match. Because when we had when we had it, was it the Rumble and Seth came out in the Shield gear? That was sick. Um, but yeah, just just re- really really good really good stuff. Um, apart from that, we had Alexa Bliss versus Asuka on the show, uh, which was interrupted again by uh, Bailey. Uh, Dakota Kai and uh, EO Sky they're beating up Asuka and uh, um, Alexa Bliss before they can even really get going um, and then Bianca comes out and says I want to face you uh, one of you tonight so that's going to be EO Sky in a, in what's an exciting match to come later on when that match does happen uh, unfortunately in traditional raw fashion it does break down with um, with that you know baby's little group there getting involved in the match which brings Alexa and Asuka down and they all kind of brawl which I think will lead to a six-man tag next week and um, we all have a good six-man or six-woman tag team what I'm gonna say is... yes let's get some trios titles in WWE that'll be interesting um maybe get to the slant they emerge get the women's tag team championships back because you know we where are they reintroduce the free bird rule and yeah have a have a sort of have the women's tag champs 
but with a free bird rule, so you can have a team of three holding it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you know that would, that would genuinely be really good. Sort of um, like I think the last people to do it was undisputed error, if I'm not mistaken. Um, they they were able to use it yeah. once one of them was injured. I mean, one of the things um, I have seen teased, I saw teased last night, which we could see coming up, is uh, there's there's apparently talk of them uh, reforming the hurt business as well, which is which can only be a good thing. Well, yeah, especially because I, I I don't know, I feel bad for Omos because Vince no longer around. I don't know, I don't know how much use Omos will get, unfortunately. Because um, I do like Omos. Apparently, he's very lovely. He seems to love the interviews, but please. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's a good he's a good he's a good bit of muscle he's a good like you know yeah i mean i mean i'll i'll, I'll say this for him he he's done more than i expected he would when he first joined because he, he looked like a guy that would not be able to get back up once he hit the deck yeah um and actually he's done a lot more than that so no he's, he's been he's been rather brilliant uh for what he can do anyway and his height and you know I do hope he does find some work. I don't want anyone just sat back in catering. I don't think that's fair for anybody working in, in there. But as well, right, shall we now? We've got we got an Edge promo. Edge came out on my dial roll. Um, back to Metalingus, which, in my opinion, that was kind of another missed opportunity and on, on SummerSlam with him coming to a fiery entrance. I just thought it was a bit weird. Oh. I, thought, I thought the pop would have been better if it was just the, you think you know me. But hey, we got it tonight. Uh, and again, I was saying to Robbie whilst I was watching this, I was like, how is he going to play this? He's playing up to the crowd. And for the past months, he's called them sheep. He was saying that you're... Uh, so he literally opened the program with, hi guys, thank you for that. I've been a bit of a dick for the last few months, so I do appreciate it. And it was like, all right, that's that's how they're playing it. Just, yeah, I've been a bit of a dick. And it's like, yeah, cool, whatever. That's fine. Uh, at least at least he addressed it, you know. I think that's the main thing, is that he hasn't just gone back straight away. And he essentially says he's going to kill what he started. He's going to kill the Judgment Day. Uh, and uh, that may come back later on in the show, for sure. Let's talk about that first, that's, that title match, the tag team titles. Um, Dominic and Ray versus the Usos in a very fun television match. I think the ending was inevitable. I think we did really know that Ray and Dominic weren't going to pick up the straps, but it was a fun match nonetheless. And I like the fact that Ray and Dominic get rewarded for winning at SummerSlam, so they get a tag team title match. It's nice that if you win something now, you get the benefits of winning a match. It's nice. Like, yeah, it's cool it, 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 uh, yeah, it's like, it's it's like, it's, it's like the thing when AEW launched about three years ago, there's like winning is going to match, as it should. Yeah, absolutely. Really fun match here, though. Unfortunately, again, not the match of the night. Well, but for me, it was between a triple threat or the other match, which we'll talk about in a second. But this match again does end with it breaking down um, um, with the Judgment Day coming out after after the W for the Usos and attacking Ray and Dominic, which leads to you think you know me, and Edge comes out again, spears the Judgment Day, sends them sends them home for the for the cheap up for the crowd. But let's cut back to Edge Stars versus Tommaso Ciampa in a match that was just fantastic. Like, again, it's Adrian Sons versus Tomasai Champa. Why wouldn't it be? But it's just really good. Um, really good stuff here. Tomasai Champa gets a W after shining in from The Miz after a really good match, but some really good stuff here. And you can immediately tell already, we said this before, Tomasai Champa's going places. How long will he be with The Miz? I don't know. But I don't mind as long as they're together, as long as it's an equal paving sort of thing. And it's not the Miz is here and Sebastian Champ is just as lucky. If Sebastian Champ is picking up W's, I don't mind them being together that much. Yeah, I mean, knowing the character of the Miz, the minute that Champ gets a belt on him, which is going to happen sooner rather than later, uh, the Miz is going to start getting jealous and turn on him. Absolutely. You know, I also have to say as well, it's, it's happened every time that anybody that the Miz has teamed up with has, has got a bit of recognition. Yeah, Logan Paul, literally months ago. So, Champa, yeah, you know, she has his wits about him. It's one of the few consistencies in wrestling, the Miz being a dick. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, as well, I just I have to give credit to to, um, to WWE and whoever's idea this was. I'm going to go with Triple H. Um, but to start the night before these matches, we had a brilliant hype package about the prestige of the United States Championship, which just made it feel so much more important that these got what these guys are fighting for. And then even after the even after the Champa match, we had an interview with Bobby Lashley. It was just a regular interview, but he was like, "I'm ready. I'll fight anyone. Let's go." And it just made you feel more more about that match 
there's such small things that make such a big difference. When you've got a part-time world champ, what you do with your secondary belts is incredibly important. Um, and, you know, Triple H understands that. You know, Triple H is a former Intercontinental Champion. He understands the prestige behind a belt like that. Um, you know, so actually bigging those belts up at the moment is a really important thing. Absolutely. And that leads to me, for me, mate, in a really good place. Raw was really fun. I said Raw wasn't obviously that the best show, but it's good enough for me to want to watch every week. If Raw's that quality, I'll definitely check it out. You know, I'm definitely going to be watching it with a keen eye now. I'm not just going, oh, look at the YouTube highlights and pick and swap. If that's the consistency of Monday Night Raw, I will watch all three hours. I don't know if I'll watch it all in one go, but I'll definitely try and catch it. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to SmackDown this Friday. Obviously, they're piping up Drew McIntyre having a big, big impact on that show. So I don't know who he might be facing or whatever in, in his lead up to Clash at the Castle, um, which is really good stuff. But yes, thank you guys all so very much for watching us doing this wrestling coverage uh, of the past weeks. Next week, you guys have been asking for it. James Bond should be back because I don't. I, I think we're on episode 110 and we haven't reviewed Bond since 102, I think. It might have been 101. I can't remember. It was one of them. Been a while. Well. Um, so we'll be back with uh, with Bond and Adam and Moon, hopefully. For a, for a bond review, but yes, John, thank you so much for joining me the past uh, past five days. It, it's uh, from Russia with love, isn't it? Yes, it is indeed. Okay. Um, if that's the second one, um, then it is. It is cool. Yes, but John, thank you for uh, for joining me on this uh, wonderful. Uh, it's really nice. It's been entirely positive about wrestling. It's just it's been nice to for two shows to go. Yeah, there wasn't any, really anything wrong for two yeah. three hour shows. Yeah. Just nice to go. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's lovely. It feels really nice to be that positive about it. I look forward to being able to be that positive about it for a while. Me too, absolutely. And I, I don't think those surprises are going to stop coming. I think we could be seeing a few more surprises. Um, you know, obviously, we, we go, I say in the news, it seems that they have reached out to Naomi and Sasha Banks. It seems there are positive discussions going on. So fingers crossed that can get done because I think that would be a massive loss for WWE if they let, let those two talented wrestlers slip through. Yeah. Absolutely. But uh, thank you guys all so much for watching. Don't like, like, and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube and ring the bell because, uh, you know, I, you know, it's always fun. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify or iTunes or Google or even Stitcher, then to give a follow or, or whatever it's called on there. What about Stitcher? Exactly. I don't know. I just pick it. I, 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 I just make a thing and it sends out to all the... Uh, podcasting okay. networks so well, um if you're, if you're if you're listening on stitcher um hello hope you're enjoying it uh send us a tweet let us know what stitcher is <laughs> i think it's some good it's just a podcasting page but you can follow john at john yeah. underscore cook you can follow me on twitter at King underscore Dom. you follow the podcast what times pod next week we'll be asking for your opinions on with uh is it from russia with love is, is that what's called Yes, so we'll be asking for your opinions about that. John will also probably send a tweet out as well. We'll quote tweet it so more people can see it as well. So uh, go follow us on Twitter and social so you guys can impact the show if you want to. Um, and yeah, see you guys on next week. Take care. Bye-bye. Good night. God bless. Don't have nightmares. Do sleep well. That killed him! <laughs>